Oh, his name is so beautiful in this house. Praise God. Didn't the praise team do a great job tonight? Praise God. Every time I come, the praise team grows a little bit, and when I come back again, they'll be a little bit better, and it's, it's just a, it's a beautiful thing to watch the Holy Ghost teach and, and undergird. Praise God. There's certain things we can teach in the carnal. There's certain things we can teach in our flesh, but there's some things only the Holy Ghost can teach. And I like to see when the Holy Ghost teaches. I like to see when the Holy Ghost trains up. I like to see when the Holy Ghost leads. That's something I can't do. That's something pastor can't do. That's something only Jesus can do. Praise God. Well, thankful to be with you tonight. Thankful to the privilege to, to speak to you a little bit. I give honor to your pastor. I love Brother Benoit. I told him uh, we had lunch yesterday or dinner really over at uh, uh, Steamboat Bills. Is that right? I, I told him we have to stop going to eat there because every time we eat there, he gives me a word, and it's right on point. And I said, I don't know how much more I can take crying at a table over shrimp. And, uh, but God uses him in my life, and I'm thankful for you, sir. You're a voice of God in my life, and I'm thankful. How many know you have to have men of God that can hear the voice of God clearly? <laughs> Praise God. I travel a lot, and I uh, thank God for that. Thank for a wife that lets me travel a lot. But uh, there's a lot of people that want to have a word for you. Not everyone has a word from the Lord for you. So you need to make sure you have a man of God that has a word from the Lord for you. Somebody ought to clap a little louder than that. Praise God. Give honor to uh, my bishop and my pastor, Stark. Thankful for them allowing me to be here this weekend. I want to give high honor to my wife, Blessing. Uh, she is a blessing. She's flat out gorgeous. She's wonderful. She's a prayer warrior. She's a preacher. Thankful for her. Thankful for my two children, Morella and Emanuela. I like so uh, thankful for those two beautiful babies. Uh, saw Marilla praying down here. Uh, I just, my heart gets all kinds of a wreck when I see her getting after God. Um, it's, that's what it's about. Praise God. Woo! Praise God. I love church. Praise God. Let's go to 2 Samuel chapter 6 and verse 6. Praise God. Praise God. And when they came to Nacon's threshing floor, Uzzah put forth his hand to the ark of God and took hold of it. For the oxen shook it. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzzah, and God smote him there for his error. And there he died by the ark of God. And David was displeased because the Lord had made a breach upon Uzzah, and he called the name of the place Perazuza to this day and David was afraid of the Lord that day and said how shall the ark of the Lord come to me so David out of fear 
would not remove the ark of the Lord unto him into the city of David, but David carried it aside into the house of Obed-Edom the Gittite. And the ark of the Lord continued in the house of Obed-Edom the Gittite three months, and the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and all his household. Somebody say, the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and all his household. Praise God. I'd like to just talk to you for just a couple of moments from this thought. Just call me Obed-Edom. Praise God. Why don't you just lift up your hands, thank the Lord for his word. Lord, we thank you for your goodness and for your grace. Thank you, Lord, for your power. Thank you for your goodness, Lord. We worship you. We thank you, Lord, for your touch tonight. Let your hand be upon this word. Help me deliver it as you have given it to me. In the name of Jesus Christ. Somebody shout in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I want you to know that we serve a great and mighty God. I want you to know that he is faithful. His promises are sure. There is nothing that you can do that can separate you away from his love except you make the choice to refuse his love. I want you to know that no matter what the devil tells you, no matter what the devil would throw against you, we serve a God who can overcome it. We serve a God whose name is more powerful than your valley. We serve a God whose name has more authority than any devil in hell. I don't care what it feels like in the midnight hour. I don't care what it looks like from your place of perception. But the name of Jesus walks in. There's nothing the devil can do to keep you out of his hand. There's nothing that the enemy of your soul can speak that could curse your mind except that you receive it. But I hear a church tonight that says, I don't care what the enemy says. I will believe the report of the Lord. I will stand upon the word of God. I will speak what he would say. The Bible says he is as a roaring lion. See, because of English class, we tend to discount certain words in an English sentence. But the Bible says he is as a roaring lion. He didn't say he is a roaring lion. He says he is as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He's got the look real good. He's got the sound down pat. He's practiced his roar a time or two. He's got heavy paw prints, and he knows how to leave a track. But I want you to know there's no teeth in his mouth, that there's no power behind the roar. But I want you to know that we do serve the Lion of Judah. And when he speaks, things shift. The mountains have to move. Demons tremble when the name of Jesus is spoken. They know that there's only one God and all of hell begins to shake and realize that you and I have more power than he does. Somebody ought to shout amen. amen. We're living in a world that is so fraught with confusion, so fraught with desperation that they're turning to every little thing. I want you to know that that spirit of gender identity and confusion that's come upon our young people is exactly that. It's a spirit. 
is an attack against people that are going through a valley. Yes, you're struggling with chemistry that you don't understand. Yes, you're in a time of your life that is difficult to truly navigate. But your answer is not in some psychologist. Your answer isn't in Joe Schmo at your school. Your answer isn't in your gender studies class. Your answer's in the name of Jesus. Your answer's in this altar. Your answer's in a prayer closet. Your answer's in this word of God. Uh, our world wants to make it make you feel like you can do whatever you want, say whatever you want, but I want you to know your feelings will lie to you. If you get hung up on how you're feeling, hung out on how you perceive things, you're going to get it wrong. But if you can stay buried in the word of God, if you can submit your spirit to the presence of God, things begin to change. They say that we have such an influx of information in our world that every person can start to formulate their own truth. And your truth is just as valid as my truth. I want you to know that's a lie. The only truth that matters is the truth that comes from this book. If you have a truth that violates that word of God, I want you to know that it's not true. In the beginning, he created Adam and Eve. He created he and she. Together, he created them. He didn't create Adam and Steve. He didn't create Eve and Jessica. He created Adam and Eve. And it's still the word of God. It's still the truth. I tell you what, I come against this, this spirit of the of Antichrist in this end time with a Holy Ghost anger. I'm not going to sit beside and just watch it pass me by. I'm not going to sit here and be quiet because I'm afraid to lose my job. I'm not going to sit here and shut up because everyone wants to peer pressure me into a corner. I believe there's an apostolic church in this end time that is going to be emboldened by the Holy Ghost to stand upon your feet and begin to declare what thus saith the Lord. Begin to declare what's in this word with an unadulterated faith. Somebody lift up your hands and just say, Jesus, give me that boldness. Uh, the Holy Ghost has taken me a couple of places. I'm going to try and get back on this message. But I, I want you to know, we don't have time to be quiet. We don't have time to be distracted. We've got to stay focused in this end time. Ah, the Bible says he's going to come as a thief in the night. Some people are going to be caught unawares. I feel sorry for him. I feel bad for him. But there's going to be some people that get caught unawares. The Bible says that there's going to be some virgins that get caught without oil in their lamps. The Bible says there are going to be some people in the field that are going to be left. I feel bad for them. I feel sorry for them. But I want you to know I'm doing everything I can to make sure that that's not me. I'm doing everything that I can that it's not my five-year-old daughter over there. I'm doing everything that I can that it's not my wife. I'm going to make sure that everyone in my household is ready. You may be seated. 
The Bible says in 2 Samuel that the Philistines had captured the Ark of the Covenant and they had taken it. And because they began, they had defeated the children of Israel, killed over 30,000 people. And the Bible says that that ark was there. And they began to pass it among their cities there in those Philistine towns. And the Bible says that the hand of the Lord was heavy upon those uh, cities. That's not the anointing. That's the hand of God, the judgment of God that was heavy upon those Philistine cities. And the Bible says that it would destroy those, uh, those temples to Dagon. There would be all kinds of pestilences and issues that would come into their towns and their cities. I could stop and talk about that, but we won't talk about that tonight. But the Bible says that they got to a place, passing it from city to city, and the same thing kept on happening, that they decided as a group, we can't handle any more of this. Their God is clearly bigger than our God. Let's send the Ark of the Covenant back. And watch this. The Bible says that they built a brand new cart and put two oxen on it that had never carried a yoke before. And they set it in the strait towards the land of Israel. And they said the Philistines cautiously walked behind the cart just to make sure that the oxen were going in the right direction. But the Bible says that the oxen didn't turn to the left and they didn't turn to the right. But they kept on the straight highway into Israel. And the Bible says that the Ark of the Covenant was then found in the place of Israel and they began to rejoice. And they sent news all over Israel saying the Ark of the Covenant has returned. The Bible says it didn't make it back to the house of Jerusalem just quite yet. But it was put in the house of Abinadab. And the Bible says that in that house is where it was stored for a number of years. The Bible says that he had three sons, one of whose name was Uzzah. And in that house, they would eat dinner next to the Ark of the Covenant. They would drink their tea next to the Ark of the Covenant. They had their nightly conversations next to the Ark of the Covenant. And they had their general household discussions probably discuss the kids going to school probably discuss what was happening across the neighborhood right there and maybe there were some decorations around the Ark of the Covenant but regardless of all of that the Bible says that there came a day where David wanted to take the Ark of the Covenant out of that house and bring it into the city of Zion they did the exact same thing ironically that the Philistines did who didn't have any idea how to treat the glory they started doing the same thing. David, a man after God's own heart, began to treat the glory of God the same way that the harlots did across town. And they put it on a cart. And they put it with two oxen. And they began to march it towards the city of Zion. And the Bible says that Uzzah, consumed with his familiarity with the glory of God, got to Nacon's threshing floor. And the, the cart started to shake. And when the Ark of the Covenant began to shake, he put his hand on the Ark to try and steady it to keep it from falling off. And the Bible says that immediately God shook him down dead. I want you to know that it's important how you treat the glory of God in your house so your kids know how to treat the glory of God in your house. We are, I'm not getting enough amens on that, but I'll say it again. You need to learn how to treat the glory of God right in your house so your children can learn how to treat the glory of God right in your house. 
I want you to know that the glory of God should be reverenced. It should be respected. The man of God shouldn't be chewed out at your dinner table. The man of God shouldn't be destroyed, chewed up and spat out when you're sitting in your living room. But I want you to know, however you choose to treat the glory of God, your children are learning by your example. And you've got to make the decision, God, I'm going to give you all the glory. I'm going to trust you at every step of the way. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. Uh, it's not always comfortable. I, I know you go through tough times. I know because it's not you and because you're indoctrinated by the lies of this society that anything that comes from anyone outside of your brain, behind your eyes, and your, between your two ears, it's sometimes difficult to believe it. But I want you to know that you can trust it if it's out of this word. I want you to know if a preacher comes to you out of the word of God, not out of their flesh, but out of this word of God, if they can put some scripture and verse to it, you can trust it. You can depend on it. It's a firm foundation. It's a steady arm. It's a way. It's a straight way. You can trust it. You have to understand that indoctrination of you do you and I'll do me. It's coming from a devil that would want to sift you as wheat. If he can solo you out to your own perceptions and to your own thinking and start to harden you towards the word of God. You become isolated and unable to fulfill the promises of God. If you don't dwell in the kingdom of God, how can you ever partake in the promises of God? As pastor said this morning, I want to pursue his presence, not his gifts. But I want you to know something. If you do pursue his presence, the Bible says that he will add gifts. Seek ye first the kingdom. And, uh, and all these things shall be added unto you. All these things. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added. That's what the word says. We can't be distracted by our own feelings. Our feelings lie to us. Your feelings lie to you. But when we can trust the word of God. It makes all the difference in our household. And so Uzzah was struck dead right there due to familiarity that destroyed his reverence for the glory of God. And so David, he looks around and he's angry and he's upset and he doesn't know what to do. And the Bible says, for fear of God, he didn't want to pursue and take the Ark of the Covenant into Zion, into Jerusalem, the city of David. So what does he do? The Bible says that next to the road was a house. It was a house of Obed-Edom. <laughs> Obed-Edom shouldn't have been in the word of God. There was nothing special about Obed-Edom. There was nothing outrageously amazing about him. He didn't have some special talent. He wasn't a part of any particular lineage. He was just a man in the right place at the right time. And I'll even go further than that. He was a man 
with a clean reputation in the right place at the right time. Ah. There's some folks that have been going through life and you're wondering why am I stuck here? Why, why, why has God not moved yet? I, hold on, my friend. Hold on. The glory's coming. The ark's coming to your house. The Bible says that David turned aside and he saw Obed-Edom's house. And he allowed the ark to stay there. And the ark sat there for three months. And the Bible says it blessed his entire household. It blessed their going out. And it blessed their coming in. It blessed them when they were eating dinner. And it blessed their conversation. It blessed their finances. It blessed their thinking. That fog that they used to wake up with, it was gone when the ark came to the house. Those arguments that they used to have, those arguments were completely dissipated because the ark was in the house. That financial trouble, some of that debt that they were struggling with, it was done with because the ark came to the house. Those fighting and those discrepancies among issues in their society and people that didn't like them, their enemies became their friends because the ark was in the house. I want you to know if you can hold on it might not look like anything's happening but the ark when it comes to your house it's going to completely turn things around ah. I tell you the word that I felt for this church is that it's time for the ark to come to the house it's time for somebody not to get fed up with the lack of activity that's happening around you not to start looking across the fence across the city across the state but start understanding hey the time is now this is my season the door is about to open the ark's coming down the street and it's about to come through the door and when it comes through the door and sits in my house there's going to be glory there's going to be blessing there's going to be an outpouring that nobody else can turn aside the blessing was supposed to be Abinadab's the blessing was supposed to be Uzzah's but they turned aside but God brought the ark to Obed-Edom's house and that's where the glory was distributed that's where the blessing was served hallelujah God bless you. you. may be seated. Nakin's threshing floor. That's at the place where Uzzah. Uzzah touched the ark. The Bible says that uh, Nakin is a word that means a strike or the moment. And then Caden is a word that's used in another place where this story is referenced. I believe it's in 1 Chronicles. And Caden is a word that means, uh, it means destruction. So it's the moment of destruction. It's defined by his activity. His moment, his moment of, of lack of obedience to find that place and that location. But the thing, thing happened with Obed-Edom because he was faithful because he had a clean reputation, because he was in the right place at the right time. When the ark came past his house, David knew that he could trust the ark of the covenant in his house. And because it went there, his family was blessed and his entire household was blessed. 
The Bible says that he was given multiple sons. I believe it was nine sons that Obed-Edom was blessed with. That was an incredible blessing with that time. And had many other men that came out of that lineage because he had allowed his house to be a resting place for the Ark of the Covenant. And I want you to know that no matter where you find yourself, the fact of the matter is we're all going through times of confusion and, and frustration and, and, and wondering what's happening and where, where is God going and why am I here? We all have those moments where we're not sure of where God has planted us. Where we're sitting there by the road and we've been there five years and ten years and nothing has happened. Where we've been faithful to the kingdom of God. We've been faithful in our tithes and offerings. We've been faithful to the house of God. We've been always available for the cleaning days. We've been there on the praise team and haven't ever had a solo. And we're wondering, God, what is going on? Why is anything moving? But I want you to know, you don't determine when the ark comes to your house. God determines when the ark comes to your house. But I, gave, I come with a word from the Lord tonight that it is time for the ark of the house to come to Indian Village. It's time for the ark of the covenant to reside on this house. And I want you to know that when the ark of the covenant comes into this house, the household is going to be blessed. Your family is going to be blessed. And your family is going to be blessed. And your family is going to be blessed. 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 It may look like nothing's happening. It's been looking like it's stalled for a long time. It's been looking like you've invested your finances where for nowhere for it to go. But I want you to know you've walked into this place into a right time, at the right place, with a good reputation. And God's ready to send the Ark of the Covenant to this house. Tap two people and say, just call me Obed-Edom. Tap two people and say, just call me Obed-Edom. It's felt uncomfortable. You felt unsure. You haven't known whether God was in it or whether he was out of it. You weren't sure whether he was telling you to move or telling you to stay. You weren't sure why there was so much confusion among your children. You weren't sure why your spouse was fighting you. I'm telling you, they weren't of the devil. But I want you to know that it's time. You've walked into the season where it's time for the Ark of the Covenant to come to the house. And when the, when the Ark of the Covenant comes into this house, there's going to be a complete change that happens. <clears throat> I want you to know that David... He was on, you can be seated. David was on the backside of a field, <laughs> tending sheep, tending sheep. And the Bible says that the prophet came to the house of Jesse and asked for all his sons, all of his sons. So Jesse got there and Lined up all his sons. He had that big old boy, probably real handsome, good-looking kid. Said, oh, this is the one you want to anoint. But the Holy Ghost didn't talk to him. The Holy Ghost didn't settle on the prophet there. It went on down the line. And none of them 
was, did the prophet hear the word of the Lord to anoint? None of them. You're sitting here looking around and, well, it's not that location. It's not that church. And God's saying, okay, I'm trying to find the right one. Who, who am I going to anoint? Because I've got something big that I want to do. I've got something powerful that I want to do. I've got something timely that I want to do. And I, I've got to find the right incubator for this baby. I've got to find the right house for this baby. I've got to find the right mother who's ready to take care of this blessing, to take care of this direction. And so the prophet goes to Jesse and says, Do you have any other ones? Do you have any other boys? Do you have any other sons? He says, Well, this old scrawny boy out on the back end of a hill, tending sheep. Can almost hear the really in his voice. Almost hear the disdain, the sarcasm in his voice. Ah, that's, that's just a forgotten one. Prophet says, Go get him. And you want to know what? He made the whole family stand and wait until David came. David, buried back among the stuff, I can use that in that place. He had already fought the lion. <laughs> he already fought the bear. I don't know about you, but I'm not looking forward to fighting any lions anytime soon. I don't know about you, but I'm not planning to attack any bears with my bare hands anytime soon. But David had some pretty credible victories to his name and to his resume on the backside of a hill. I'm telling you, if you fought a lion and beat him and killed him, you'd be all over Instagram in about 2.5 seconds. You'd be an internet sensation within six hours. Half the world, over 2 billion people, would know your name within two hours if you, built a, if you fought a lion and killed him. David killed a lion and a bear. And I don't know why, but this may be my six-year-old mind, a big old grizzly bear. It's that bear that I have in my mind. I don't even know if grizzly bears are in Israel. But, I, but he fought and killed a lion and a bear. And nobody knew his name, but God was waiting for him to get anointed. Everybody discounted him. Everybody said he wasn't ready. Everybody said he wasn't the right one. But God said, this is the boy that it's time to anoint. And it's that same boy that went to Goliath and killed the giant with that smooth stone out of a brook. After he had refused the armor of Saul. Now it still blows my mind that Saul even let him fight that giant. The only reason, the only reason that I can see that Saul would have let him fight that giant. It's because David was the person that played the heart for him and the spirits left Saul in those moments of despair and frustration and anger. So he knew that there was something special about the gift that David had. And even though he didn't have any war record to speak of, when David spoke up and said, I fought a lion, 
and I fought a bear. I believe that there was something in the Holy Ghost that rose up in Saul and realized the same spirit that caused those spirits to leave me was on him when he fought the lion and the bear. And it's going to be the same spirit that causes him to win the giant. I don't know who I'm talking to tonight, but I'm telling you, don't put the house up for sale just yet. Don't sell the car just yet. Don't go looking for the transfer on your job just yet. Don't go finding a change of address just yet. The house, the ark of covenant is about to come to the house of Indian village and when it does the whole family is going to be blessed your children are going to be blessed your family is going to be blessed your finances are going to be blessed your mind's going to be blessed your cousins are going to be blessed there's going to be breakthrough you can't explain there's going to be deliverance that you can't describe there's going to be a touch of God and exponential growth that you couldn't have tried to do of your own accord but it's going to be by the divine work of God come on somebody stand with me right now lift up your hands and begin to speak in other tongues all over this house Come on, open up your heart. Open up your heart and receive the word right now. Come on, come on. Come on. Come on, lift up your voice. Lift up your heart. Open up your spirit right now. Don't put the house up for sale just yet. Don't check out mentally just yet. Don't push your emotions out the door just yet. Don't start holding on to your tithe and your offering just yet. Come on, somebody press in a little bit right now. Don't sell the car just yet. Uh, the ark is coming to your house. Why don't you put your hand on the neighbor next to you or grab their hand and begin to pray for them right now. Yes, 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 yes. Come on, lift your voice and pray for them. Lift your voice and pray for them. You're in the right place. You're here at the right time. I know it was a fight to get here. I know you had to go through a couple valleys to get here. But you're in the right place at the right time. You're in the right house at the right moment. Just call me Obed-Edom. Just call me Obed-Edom. I tell you what I feel in the Holy Ghost right now. 
I feel that the Lord wants to follow up his word with signs following. I never feel like God gives a word. We can preach a message, and I think sermons are good. The Bible gives us a lot, and, and we, need to, we need to follow it. We need to speak it. We need to learn it. We need to study it. But when God gives a word, I believe he follows it up with signs following. I believe he wants to show you that this word is true. And so tonight, I believe that we're going to see miracles right now. Because he wants you to know. He wants you to have a little bit of a taste of the ark that's coming to this house. If you have any kind of sickness in your body, any kind of illness, I don't care if your arm is bent around the back part of your back. I want you to find yourself in this altar right now. If you're ready to be healed, if your doctor told you you're going to die tomorrow, I want you to come in this altar right now. If you've got pain in your body, I want you to come to this altar right now. I'm telling you all kinds of miracles and testimonies are going to come out of this service tonight because the ark is coming to this house. The ark is coming to Indian Village. And when the ark comes to Indian Village, the whole house is going to be blessed. There's not going to be a single brother or sister left out of this miracle. There's not going to be a single financial situation left out of this blessing. Ah, when the ark comes to the house, there's going to be blessing for the whole family. I'm not speaking against anybody else. I'm not poo-pooing anybody else. Do not misinterpret me. I just said that the Holy Ghost is coming, bringing the ark to this house. That's the word I had. It wasn't in contradiction to anybody else, but it was to this house. So you get ready for the blessing. You get ready for the outpouring of the miraculous. You get ready for the exponential growth that you can't explain. You get ready for those people that you witnessed to five years ago to start showing up at church. You get ready. You get ready. You get ready. In the name of Jesus. Yes, sir. Praise God. We're about to speak the word of faith. Now, if you're looking for healing, the first thing that we're going to do, and let's all do this together, but specifically those that are looking for a miracle tonight, the first thing that we're going to do is repent. I cannot tell you how many people have been healed simply because they have repented. And most importantly, not just their sins, but repented of bitterness and frustration and anger that they've held against other people because when that gets resident in your spirit that spirit develops bitterness and frustration and anger that can that refuses the love of God and refuses the miraculous but when you can release them and you can forgive them and you can tell God from an honest heart God I do not want this held at their charge I know they tried to destroy my children. I know they raped my daughter. I know that they tried to destroy my family and they tried to stab me in the back. But I don't want you to hold it to their charge. I want you to release them. I want you to know that there's a blessing when you let God fight your battles instead of you fighting your battles. And sometimes, sometimes we see that scripture. Don't 
let God fight our battles, that we're going to fight it in prayer. We're just going to curse them in prayer. We're going to ask God to just destroy their family, make them feel awful, smack them across the head, get in their dreams, and scare them a whole bunch of times. And because you're not writing dirty mail letters to them in the mail and talking about them to Jim, Moe, and Sarah, you say, well, God, you're still fighting the battle. I'm telling you, when you release them and tell God don't hold it against your charge and you refuse to get upset and angry at them, I'm telling you, God wants to send blessings to your house. He wants to send healing to your body and he wants to send restoration to your mind. Somebody shout amen. So the first thing that we're going to do tonight is we're going to repent. And especially we're going to release things that we've held against other people. I want you to tell you, I've been guilty of it. Every one of us in this building have been guilty of it. So let's all not act like we're just some great Christians. Let's just be honest and authentic before the Lord and release them from it. And let God return blessing. Is that all right? Praise God. And then once we've repented, we're going to speak the word of faith. And there's going to be such an explosion of the power of God in this place that everyone, every person up here is going to get healed. I feel such a witness in the Holy Ghost right now. But there's about to be such an outpouring of the miraculous on every person that is in this altar. Lift up your hands right now and just begin to repent. Everybody in this house. God, in the name of Jesus Christ. Forgive me of everything that I've done. Forgive me of the things that I've said. Forgive me of sin in my life, God. I'm sorry for that. I'm turning against it. God, I repent, Lord, of every bit of anger and frustration and uh, vengeances that I've held against other people. Forgive me, God. I'm sorry, Lord. I don't want that held to their charge, God. <laughs> I know they tried to hurt me. I know they hurt my children, and I took it so personal, I took it so personal, and it's been hard for me to release it, but tonight, I release it, tonight, I release them, tonight, I ask you, I beg you, do not hold it against the charge, remove it from their record, release it out of my heart, I don't want it anymore, I tell them, I'm, I'm, I see it. come on, somebody lift up your voice, come on, somebody lift up your voice. I feel it in the Holy Ghost right now. Somebody's literally feeling your pain leave right now. We haven't even spoken a word of faith, and somebody's pain is leaving literally right now. If that's you, you can go ahead and shout early, but I'm telling you right now, just in that action alone, somebody's pain is leaving their body. Ah, uh, yes, 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 yes. Somebody clap your hands and thank God right now. Now, we're going to speak a word of faith. And we do, when we do, it's going to be like an atomic bomb of faith exploded in the midst of this place. It's going to be like a wind that just begins to blow from every side. And it's going to be like a whirlwind just whipping around in this place. I want you to get ready for it. Are there any believers in the house? 
I wonder if there's any believers, you don't have any sickness, you don't have any pain in your body, but you just want to come up into the altar and get a little bit of this. You want to you get a little bit closer. You don't want to be stuck back there on the pews. I want to encourage you. Go ahead and press on in. Y'all just squeeze up a little bit. Squeeze up a little bit. If you want to, find one of these people here and just get behind him. Ministers, let's just gather up in front on, the, uh, on the stairs all across here. We're going to lay hands as God leads you. I don't think you'll need to lay hands on a lot of people, but the ones that the Holy Ghost leads you to, lay hands on them. Praise God. Oh, is somebody ready tonight? Somebody ready tonight? I'll give you another shout to shout yes. Is somebody ready tonight? Lift up your hands all over this house and begin to speak in other tongues right now. By the authority of the word of God and by the power that is in the name of Jesus, I curse the root of that sickness. I bind that pain and I command it to leave your body. I command it to leave your mind right now in Jesus' name. I release ministering angels to walk up and down between these individuals and begin to minister right now. I command every spirit of illness and infirmity that has plagued their homes to be cleaned out right now by an angelic force in Jesus name that's it somebody lift your voice a little higher that's it somebody lift your voice in a hallelujah lift your voice in a shout right now there's a breakthrough oh it's happening right now. That pain is leaving right now. That sickness is leaving right now. That breakthrough you've been wanting is here right now. Oh, halababosiata. I feel a young person feeling faith rising right now. It's happening right now. It's happening right now. It's happening right now. Come on, lift your voice up a little bit further. God wants us to push a little bit more, push a little bit deeper right now. Push a little bit deeper right now. Lift your voice a little bit higher right now. Lift your voice a little bit higher right now. Lift your voice a little bit higher right now. Lift your voice a little bit higher right now. Hatalababa. Somebody begin to declare it right now. Somebody begin to speak to it. 
The devil's a liar. You are going to be healed. The devil's a liar. You are delivered. The devil's a liar. That pain is gone. Oh, yes. If you walked up here with pain, I want you to just try and find it real quick. If you walked up here with pain, and I, I want you to just try and find it, look for it real quick. Try and find that pain, where that pain was. If that pain has left you, I want you to lift up your hand. That pain has decreased, I want you to lift up your hand. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. If you walked up here with pain and the pain is the same, it has not changed. I want you to lift up your hand. Looking for some honest people. Praise God. Praise God. Two, three. Has not changed. Has not changed. Praise God. That's all right. Thank you for being honest. Got some honest apostolics. Thank God. Amen. I need some believers to come with this sister. I need some believers to come with this sister. I need some believers to come with this gentleman. I need some believers to come with this gentleman over here. Did I miss anybody? Was there somebody else? Yeah, these three. I need somebody with each of these people. If you clean out your house, if you clean out your house, and you've got ten rats in your house, and you get seven of them out, do you just sit there and say, well, we've got less three. That's better than what we had. <laughs> no. I'm not going to accept it. I'm not going to accept it. I don't have to accept it, and I'm not going to accept it. This thing is going now. Somebody said, needs to shout now. Somebody needs to shout now. Is he the God that spoke the heavens into existence? Is he the God that spoke the moon into place? Is he the God that told the waters to be separate? Did he command the fish to fill the sea? Did he command the fowl of the air to fill the air? That's the Jesus that you're calling on tonight. Lift up your hands all over this house and lift your voice right now. I command every bit of this pain to go. I command this sickness to leave your body totally. I command it to be gone. Body be healed now in Jesus' name. Totally and completely from the top of your head to the sole of your feet. I command it to be done. I command every bit of pain to leave your body, every illness in the name of Jesus. I command the root of it to be done now and to be broken. Be healed now in Jesus' name. Be healed now in Jesus' name. Be healed now in Jesus' name. Oh, 
Somebody just rejoice right now. Somebody thank God for what he's done right now. Somebody lift up your voice right now. That's it, sister. That's it. That's it. That's it.